What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm No Shrek Fine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They prepare for the Cincinnati Bengals, but the narrative continues to be about all the negativity, the drama, and the harsh words from players inside the locker room. We'll dive into a KZ suspension that we just missed on Monday. We got some thoughts on that. We want to give them to you guys. Plus, George Pickens had plenty to say about his actions, why he chose not to block in a crucial moment against the Indianapolis Colts, and why there's a false narrative floating around about him that has been created by those who do not play football. Meanwhile, some major injury news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll dive into Kenny Pickett's return and two others that you want to pay attention to throughout the week. It is a beautiful day in the Berg. It snowed a little bit yesterday, which, I mean, beginning to look a lot like Christmas a couple days beforehand. The Pittsburgh Steelers, hopefully they get a little uh, Christmas miracle. I got, I got a text yesterday from... My fiance's dad, soon to be father-in-law, who said, and I want to get this right. He said, hey, if you need a headline for Sunday, I got one for you. Quote, Mason Rudolph saves Christmas for the Steelers. And I said, well, that will be used if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. So for those paying attention, just wait. With that said, how you feeling, my friend? First of all, that's a great headline, and I hope we actually do use it. I really hope the opportunity actually does come up to to use that one. Um, You know, I feel bad. You know, I mean, as a member of the awful media that is tearing down George Pickens, I I feel really bad, you know, that we are (laughs) – that we are solely responsible, you know, for all of the bad things happening to the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. So, I mean, we'll we'll try to rectify that, but, you know, it it is dampening my Christmas spirit that we are – we are at fault for for the bad things happening to George Pickens. So yeah, it's definitely not Holly and Jolly over here with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Steelers media. But that being said, you know, only thing you can do is right your wrong. Much like Deontay Johnson has done, not so much like others in the Pittsburgh Steelers have done. Wink, wink. We'll dive into that first. Let's talk about Demonte Casey's suspension. He has been removed from the Pittsburgh Steelers sideline for the remainder of the season following an ejection on a hit to Michael Pittman Jr. in week 15 against the Indianapolis Colts. It was his fifth time, or he's been fined for unnecessary roughness five times this season, fined a little bit over $59,000. He's now done for the year. He will appeal the suspension, hopefully, at worst-case scenario. I feel it's just limited to the remainder of the regular season. Puts the Pittsburgh Steelers in a really critical spot this week as Minka Fitzpatrick is out with a knee injury. You uh you texted us the other day. You said, hey, we got to make sure we talk about the KZ thing. I got some thoughts. I'm going to open the floor to you. DeMonte KZ suspended for the rest of the season. A hit on Michael Pittman Jr. People are, they have mixed thoughts, but everybody seems to be on the side of maybe the NFL went a little bit too far. How are you feeling on the situation? Well, I mean, quite honestly, I looked to you. I thought your your take on it was, was kind of the most, was the thing that kind of drove my opinion and, and made me, the most upset about it, and I think you pointed it out on Twitter, was that, look, the NFL is getting real heavy-handed with taking money away from guys who can really ill afford it. Um, I think that's where my mind went first, is that DeMonte KZ is not making a ton of money. He's making a lot of money relative to you and I, but, yeah. I mean, as far as NFL money goes, it's not that much. I mean, his base salary is, I think, uh, you know, $1.25 million uh, yep. this year. With all the fines that he's racked up this year, including... You know, if he gets suspended, if this thing is upheld, uh, 
and he he's suspended through the end of the year, he's going to lose out on more than a quarter of a million dollars. I think I saw Mark Caboli from the Athletics say it's twenty two percent of his annual salary. That's a lot of money, man. Like, yeah. And, and you think about how many times Jalen Warren has been fined this year for just. Quite honestly, in my opinion, being short, you know, like lowering yeah. his helmet, his helmet's already low. He's a short guy. Like, yep. and, and I feel it the same way about KZ. It's, it's, it's guys who have physical limitations and they are playing football the way that they know how, the way that they yep. have to play football and they're getting fined for it. And the worst part about it, I think, in my opinion, is that, you know, the NFL hands out these suspensions. I think we all saw the letter from the NFL that got posted on Twitter, made the rounds on social media. There is a there's a description of what Casey did wrong, but there are no coaching points. You know, there's yep. no there's no explanation of in the future you have to do this and you won't get fined if you if you play this way, you won't get fined because, and that's the most infuriating thing to me. It's like what is Demonte Casey supposed to do in this instance? I understand there's a history with him. I understand he's been flagged before. I understand he's put some bad hits on people before, but. As Mike Tomlin said, I don't think any of us believe Demonte KZ is a dirty player. You know, yeah. like this hit wasn't. I, I I think they have to kind of make some use some common sense and make a judgment call about intent versus, you know, versus the actual play. Like, was Demonte KZ trying to injure Michael Pittman? I don't no. think so. Like he, Michael Pittman is diving to make an extraordinary catch. Like he's already low to the ground. I don't know where. Devonte KZ is supposed to hit him. I don't know how he's supposed to, in real time, make a play on the ball that is anything other than what he did. And I, I think that's the worst part about it is that, I mean, I've said about three times that there's some, there's the worst part about it to three <laughs> different things. But like, I mean, I, I just think it it is completely, I understand, you know, a fine. I understand him yeah. getting ejected from that game. That That makes sense to me. You know, maybe if I, even if I don't agree with it, I think, that makes sense to me. I understand why you gotta you gotta prioritize player safety and everything, but I mean, a suspension for the rest of the regular season seems completely overblown on a play that was I, I guess incidental is the only word that I can come up with. That like i I don't I just truly don't know what DeMonte Casey is supposed to do differently in that situation. And I think there's no accounting for intent, which was pretty clear that he wasn't, you know, trying to hurt anyone. He's trying to make a play on the ball in the only way that he could in that situation. And I, I just, I, I feel really awful for him that he gets, I, I, cause I'm sure he feels bad as well. Like putting his team in a bad situation like this, you know, they're down already like a million safeties and yeah. he's kind of the only starter competent one that's, that's left on the roster after Minka Fitzpatrick or left healthy on the roster after Minka Fitzpatrick went down. So th- this just puts a team in a bad situation. It takes a ton of money out of the pocket of a guy who's not trying to do anything malicious and just feels heavy handed in every way to me. Yeah. I look at you. You're spot on. I agree. That's what the problem with the, with the NFL with really everybody is. And Casey's agent talked to, I want to say Josina Anderson afterwards and said like, most of these fines have been rescinded. Like the, the NFL has, has already said like, Hey, look, we're going to take these back. And they do that all the time. Like it's a large chunk. I remember talking to the new, uh, president of the NFLPA earlier in the season. And he said, I forget what the number was, but it was well over 50% of these fines actually get removed once they get appealed. And if that's the case, like you can't hold those against anybody. You can't say, oh, well, he's a repeat offender, but we actually acknowledge that he's not a repeat offender. This is the one time. That's the problem here is like the NFL tries to enforce these rules and 
and just kind of lay the hammer down as much as humanly possible. And you, you made such a good point there. There's nothing to correct it. It's just how much money can we take away from these guys? How much punishment can we lay down for these guys without actually trying to fix it? All we'll say is you have to play safer. You have to do this. We're putting an emphasis on player safety and doing this without actually trying to educate anybody on how to actually play the game of football and right your wrongs. I think that's the biggest issue here is that for the Pittsburgh Steelers and for everybody, they're just sitting around week after week getting hit with these fines, getting hit with these suspensions without having any idea what they're like really doing wrong. Like Jalen Warren has said it more than once. He he's he's been fined a number of times and he's like, look at like I, I just don't know what to do. I'm just playing the game of football. Like you want these guys to play better, take the time, take the money, use the resources to educate them how to play better and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, then yeah, you continue to hand the fines out and you continue to, can you continue to do the suspensions and lay the hammer down or whatever you want to say. But you just like you said, like how, how do you expect these? Like you're just, you're honestly just looking at it as a way to punish people without actually trying to change the game of football, which has been, I mean, that's been the NFL's MO for a long, long time. This is not the first time they've done any of that. Every time they lay a new rule down, that impacts players and players get upset with it and the fans get upset with it. There's no, Hey, this is how we should fix it. It's always just like, all right, no more of this. And we will continue to punish you to the maximum extent of the law, uh, the NFL law until that just, you know, hammers into your brain not to do those things. And I mean, you got everybody, everybody going off on the situation. Tom Brady went off on the situation, which, you know, people, people were laughing at that one, but that was crazy. Like that's, that when every single person could agree that this is an issue, except for the NFL and the NFLPA, it's obviously an issue. The problem is, is that, you know, I have a really hard time believing that Roger Goodell and the NFLPA and everybody is sitting around scrolling their Twitter timelines and watching YouTube videos and saying, oh, man, dude, look at these guys on ESPN. They're upset with us. There's no chance like they could care less. What we have to say they're making billions of dollars and they're going to continue to make billions of dollars and somebody pointed it out under my tweet actually they're like this is how the nfl operates like this is what they do this is how they continue to become a billion dollar corporation and and own a day of the week and expand the way that they do because they could care less what you and i think they could care less what the player does or how much they suffer as long as their pockets are heavy and and look at i like if that's their business model it has worked and you have to acknowledge that it's worked but at the same time you have to also acknowledge that they they're the enemy you know, and they continue to prove that they're the enemy and that they're not really here for player safety. They're here to make sure that they are able to enforce the law that they want to enforce and not necessarily explain how that law should be corrected, you know, right. just about how much they could punish us. Right. And they have to give the impression that they are concerned about, you know, player safety. Like, yes, I, I, exactly. I don't think they're actually like very concerned no. about player safety. I think they want to give the impression that they are concerned about player safety and that gives them enough cover to to let this really violent game keep going on and on and on. Like, either yep. you're comfortable with with this game being really violent or you're not. And clearly the NFL doesn't care, but they need to give the impression that they actually do care. And I, I feel like that's what this really amounts to is not you know, actually making anything safer, not actually changing this game at all for the better, but just making fans think that making spectators think that they do actually care about it. Look at all the lawsuits of retired guys who are dealing with health issues, who are trying to just desperately beg the NFL for any help that they could possibly get. Or look at all the the CTE drama that continues to be denied 
by the game of football. And that's like, that's the exact thing. Look at the, look at the pension, look at, look at NFL players pension, like actually sit down and take a look at for one, how long you have to play this game to get like a decent pension and how crappy that pension actually is. I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure that like anything under 10 years, I believe it's five to 10 years. You're getting like forty-five, fifty thousand dollars a year. Like, and I get it. There, people are going to say, "Well, that's a lot of players over over a lifetime." The NFL makes a bill; they make billions of dollars a year. Like, this is not it is not put any damper in their pockets. They don't even acknowledge that this is a thing. Roger Goodell's contract includes a private jet for the rest of his life. Okay, like there's no, <laughs> there's no part of the NFL that is stressing about money. You know, they don't care about the players. They never have care about the players. That That's just part of the, who the NFL is. I get it. It's a business at the end of the day. I'm kind of glad that, I, I mean, it sucks, but I am glad that we got to talk about it because I'm, I'm glad that it was brought into the realm of the Steelers because it is thoughts that, you know, you don't get to talk about on a daily basis when it's sometimes bigger than the actual game of football. And in this case, it is. And and just like you said, KZ's such a good dude, man. Like, say, KZ's right. a good guy. He's always super polite and super kind. And he just plays really hard. Like, that's just what he does. He's a little dude who's never really had it. He's never been looked at as the guy anywhere. He's always been looked at as somebody who has to work his ass off to get onto the field. And, you know, you play harder when you do that. And, and you could see a trend like these guys who have to play harder are getting hit with fines because they have to play harder. Like, you know, that's what, what I'm saying. It's always the guy. It's it's guys like Jalen Warren and DeMonte KZ. It's not it's yep. not Aaron Donald who's getting these who's getting these fines. It's nope. not um, it's not, you know, Max Crosby or TJ Watt or or Miles Garrett. It's it's always the little guy getting these fines like this, which I think rubs me the wrong way as well. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's a tough situation. Hopefully we have better updates. As the year goes on, but for right now, KZ gone from the Pittsburgh Steelers for the time being, for the rest of the season. Hopefully that doesn't mean the end of his time in Pittsburgh as a whole. But, you know, like I said, we'll we'll get to that hopefully later in the season. That being said, let's move on to the second biggest headline, maybe the biggest headline of the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And that is George Pickens continues to battle it out with seemingly everybody. Mike Tomlin says on Monday that George Pickens lack of effort on a block to Jalen Warren, which exploded all over social media and ESPN and everybody else is a, an obvious problem and needs to be fixed. George Pickens spoke to the media yesterday and well, you know, clearly was not happy with the media, those around him and those talking about him and the negative light. This is what George had to say about the entire situation and why it's the media's fault that there is a narrative, a negative narrative floating around about him. The Jalen Warren run toward the end zone, what did you see on that? And uh, would you handle that differently if you had to do it over again? No, nah, I was just trying to uh, prevent the Tank Dell situation, the same thing that happened to Tank Dell. Uh, I didn't want to get an injury. Uh, you know, when you stay on the block too long, you can get ran up on it very easy. So. Is there some people questioning your effort? Yeah, uh, a lot of people are questioning my effort. How do you respond to that? They don't, they, don't, they don't play football. They do what y'all do. What kind of conversations are you guys having as an offense right now to try and you know, find the rhythm that you guys have been searching for? You said what again? What kind of conversations have you had with some of the offensive guys on this unit, leaders and such, and just the way you need to approach from your standpoint? Uh, like I said, everybody that got opinions are all media, surface guys. None of them play football. George, does it upset you when you hear that stuff? 
I remember at the end of last year, you just, you said you worked hard to overcome whatever these preconceived notions were about you coming out. You still, I mean, you still have to do that? You still fighting that? Uh, I just feel like the reason I would be, like you're saying, would be still fighting it because it's a lot of guys that are not playing the ball, not playing the game of football, it's just media guys having their opinion. George, Mike Thomas said he talked to you about controlling your frustration. Uh, did any, what he had to say to you resonate with you? What it was like two weeks ago? Last week, I think. Um, nah, he ain't saying nothing about. He said he has had the, he's had that conversation with you though, right? Nah, I ain't never. Last week we played the coach. I ain't had no conversation with coach team. Let's get better. Let's keep working. George, when you take a look at Mason getting the start this week, what, what have you seen from him, and, and what can he provide for this offense? Uh, he's more definitely a. You know, a taller round, so the trajectory of the ball can come from a higher angle. Uh, with that being said, you know, that's, you know, in the draft process over the years, that's what they like taller guys who can, you know, see over the line, uh, stay in the pocket and deliver it through. What do you think's missing for a consistency factor for this, for you guys to put four quarters together? Uh, a football game just works by key plan. Uh, one time you can be down, one time you can be up. So uh, the biggest factor I'll probably just say is just, finish the whole game, you know, uh, try to come out there like we did the close game, you know, guys blazing and try to keep that consistency. George, it's your second year. I imagine you've grown a lot as a, as a player. Do you feel like there's parts of your game that people might not recognize that you've grown in on your tape yet? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just the blocking thing for matter. I remember all the media type guys who don't play ball was talking about blocking last year, like, I'm such a good blocker, I'm such a good blocker. Now they want to, you know, say differently. So I'll probably say just look at the roster shape, look at the yardage, look at the catch rate radius, look at the run after catch, uh, a lot of stuff. I know Najee and, and Deontay have talked in the past couple of weeks. Have they had conversations with you about how maybe to put put those into constructive ways, your, maybe your frustrations or just how to go about, about things when we're not perceiving them the same way you are? Uh, like I said, every everybody gonna be, you know, everybody's mad when you lose. Uh, like I said, a lot of media guys wanna say, you know, it's my frustrations, but we're losing. So I'm pretty sure the whole team is mad, just like me. All right. So we'll start with the block, I guess, before we get into the actual just destroying the media as much as humanly possible in that take. He acknowledged that he did back off of that block. Why? Because he didn't want to injure himself. He didn't want to tank Dell's situation. Look, at, I'm not going to I'm not going to be the guy that says it is or is not the same as the tank Dell situation. But go Google a clip of where tank Dell got injured. And um, it's not this. It's not the same play as the tank Dell situation. It could be close. I get it. But it's just you'll see if you Google it, that it is not the same play. George Pickens, you know, acknowledged that's the reason. We'll start there. You hear that. Is that enough for you to say, oh, okay? Or did your mind immediately, which I think a lot of people did, went, this is football, man. You're going to get hurt. This is a possibility on every play. You should still give 100% effort at all times. And, I mean, this is, I mean, it's football. Yeah, I, so to be clear, I fall on the side of this is football. But also, this is George Pickens we're talking about. This is a guy who... I mean, in addition to all the contested catch stuff he did, in addition to all of the kind of incredible athletic things he did catching the ball in the passing game, 
he was a great blocker coming out of Georgia. You know, yep. that was like one of his calling cards was that he was kind of this this big, like powerful, like really tough and hard nosed guy. And I that's that was my biggest thing. It was like, what is this? Like, who are you? You know, this was supposed to be something that you are really good at. This was supposed to be one of the reasons why the Steelers picked you. This is one of the reasons why you were such an attractive uh, draft candidate coming out of Georgia is that you played the complete game of football. You know, you weren't just a receiver. You were also a blocker. You were this guy who could be really tough in the run game as well. And this is just, this is, this feels to me like a guy who, who feels like he's made it before he actually has. And and that is, that is, I think that's really disappointing. I think it's, it's not the attitude that you should have if you're a guy like George Pickens, who let's be honest, like he's made some great plays in this league. Like he, he's clearly a tremendous talent, but like what, what's the station in this league right now? You know, it's yep. not, it, he's not in the, like we were talking about in the preseason that he could be a superstar. He could be up there with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, you know, Keenan Allen, Javante Adams, whoever, whoever you want to name. Like we thought he could be in that echelon receiver and he hasn't played up to that standard. And then on top of that, it, he's not giving effort and not, you know, completing plays that we thought he would, he would be really good at finishing and, and not doing the things that we thought he would be really good at. And, and so, that's my thing is that this is just this isn't who George Pickens is supposed to be like he has yep. not this season especially and in, in, in the second half just hasn't lived up to the impression of, of George Pickens that I think we all had in our head I agree I agree that's the problem with George Pickens right now is to admit a business decision on a football field is tough man like yeah. you know at any at any moment like but especially in that one like you go back and you watch that play and and Jalen's in the end zone. Like he's he's in the end zone. If George blocks that guy, I think the chances of him getting rolled up on are very slim. I just you know you you go back and George knew before that play started that he wasn't going to block, and I think that's the issue there. Is like t- there's a difference. Like you look at the Tank Dell situation, you look at that play, and you say, dude, Tank Dell is like a hero. You know that guy put everything he had onto the football field. It's not an excuse for other guys to go around and say. Oh, well, you know what? I don't want to get hurt. You know, there's, I got a long, if I get hurt, the, you know, there's an issue. I don't want, you know, my pockets get hurt. My efforts on the field get hurt. Like, no, I think that that's, it, it is, it is brought up every attention. Everybody talking about, uh, George Pickens should be benched. George Pickens should be this George Pickens should be that. I mean, it gave them, it gave them every excuse because you don't want a guy on the football field. Who's making business decisions at the end of the day. That's just it. If you asked any NFL coach, any any player anybody anybody at all hey you know if if a guy said i didn't want to get injured on this play that is why i did not give a hundred percent effort what would your reaction to that be nobody would say oh i understand i get it you know nobody in the nfl is sitting around going oh business decisions are how we got here and that's okay and you know i think that that's like the biggest issue then you go into the blame in the media for this false narrative and I mean, if you played a drinking game and said how many times George Pickens blamed the media, you'd be hammered by the time that two and a half minute interview was over. The guy just I I mean, let's let's just let's just start with the obvious ones. Noted media member Mike Tomlin has acknowledged that George Pickens lack of effort is an issue and called it a maturity issue, acknowledged that it was a maturity issue. Uh, You got former players like Ryan Clark, who have been going off on this guy for a couple of weeks now. You got Doran Dickerson from 93.7 Fan, former NFL player, former pit guy, who also said, I mean, his words were, your effort is dog shit. 
And at that moment, you're like, okay, well, that's a former player here. This is not just the media. It's just, it, it is a narrative that has been created, uh, not creative, but has been pushed by the outside. I 100% agree with that. Ignoring that your coach is part of that, ignoring that former players are part of that, and just trying to say like, oh, it's the seven of you guys standing in front of me. I think that's that's you know a bigger issue. Uh, you heard that one. We were we were jumping on here, and you know we had some thoughts. I want you to share. Yeah, I just thought this was completely pathetic. Quite honestly, like this is <laughs> yeah, I, like that's a strong word, but like I I don't know it's how true, else though. to describe it. I yeah, like I'm sorry, but you like you're telling. Like it's just like this. This narrative might have started on the outside, but it has continued to go inside the Steelers organization. You know, yes. Like you said, it it hasn't ended with the media. You know, it didn't get cut off there. Mike Tomlin didn't refute it. You know, even Deontay Johnson acknowledged that like these are these are struggles that he is going through. He is learning how to, you know, give full effort, how to actually be an NFL player. It's something that they're trying to help him out with and try to teach him. Like this isn't just this isn't just the media, and nope. and this is something George has. George has done repeatedly this year is try to deflect blame and just say, Oh, someone is making a story up about me that that isn't true. And it's, it's difficult to hear those things because as a member of the media, as someone who's sitting there and listening to him, talk, listening to him, say these things that are just plainly not true. You can't sit that you can't be like, well, George, that's not actually true. You know, this stuff actually happened. And you know, Mike Tomlin said this and like, here go this stuff goes against your point as well like you can't point out the obvious lies to him you know in the moment he just kind of gets to say what he wants and and that becomes you know he's the authority on it you know it's george pickens like who knows more about it than him who knows more about football than him he can just kind of say what he wants and no one can call him on it and he feels comfortable just kind of saying whatever he wants even if it's not true and, and and that's that's frustrating you know as a member of the media, as someone who who like listens to George and talks to him and, and has to, you know, you too has to ask these questions. But I think it's even more frustrating because it seems like he's just not seeing the problem, you know? Yes. I, like, and if he doesn't see the problem now, then is he ever going to? And I think that's the biggest question, you know, like if he, if he can't acknowledge these issues now, if he can't, you know, stay on top of these things, if he can't even admit that there is a problem, how is he ever going to fix it? My uh, my thought with with the Lions stuff is if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, like just look at the track record, you know, look at the look at the the liking comments about how Kenny Pickett isn't good and then lying about them. And then, I mean, deleting everything on Instagram and then lying about it and saying that he's not frustrated and that nobody's had to talk to him. And then everybody has to say 10 seconds. I mean, we were in the locker room like we we were there, man, when he said, no, I'm not frustrated. There's no issues. I haven't talked to anybody. And then Deontay Johnson walked up to the podium and within 30 seconds uh, after George said no, said, oh, yeah, we we talked to him. And then Najee right. comes up a minute later and goes, oh, yeah, we talked to him. Like, it's just the lies are crazy. And, you know, maybe 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 in his head, like they're not lies. Maybe that maybe this is like, you know, maybe the picture is a little is a little blurred and a little different. But I mean, to go as far as like he, he even denied the the meeting with Mike Tomlin before the Colts game like Tomlin said Tomlin detailed that meeting like explained everything that went on in it like these things actually happened he just doesn't want that narrative to be out there and he'd rather lie his way out of it just like you said if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan I'm sitting here and like for the last two three years we have we have talked about the issues of Deontay Johnson we have gone back and forth on our thoughts on Deontay Johnson I, cut, I I bring it down to one simple thing here. 
Deontay Johnson has a, a clear lapse of effort earlier in the season. It blows up all over the place. He looks like a little baby in the moment, and it is it explodes. Everybody's talking about it. He goes to the media immediately and says, yeah, I talked to my team. I apologized. I promised them I would never do this again. He stood up in front of the team and acknowledged that he made a mistake. George lies, 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 lies. And then when there's a moment that he cannot deny anymore because there is video evidence of this, he just goes, oh, yeah, it was a business decision. You know, that's what it is. It's just an excuse. Like, I get it. Like, talent-wise, maybe George might be one of the best in the league or, or has the potential to be one of the best in the league, even if he hasn't put it on the field yet. But if we're just going culture, if we're going issues, if we're going whatever, everybody who's sitting around, like, wanting to get rid of Deontay Johnson should immediately be on the bandwagon of, well, George Pickens is a bigger issue and a much more pressing issue. And, you know, if we if we didn't st- – if the, if the bar was here with Deontay Johnson – it has to, it's much lower with George because he has surpassed it time and time again. And I just think that that's like, as a, as a Steelers fan, you can't be sitting there and just being like, well, you know, but there's just nothing to butt anymore at this point. He's, he's run out of excuses. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think you make a good point about Deontay. Like, I think that's an excellent point is that I don't think anyone would hold it against George. If this was a, a point where he, starts to go on, you know, a kind of a journey of personal growth. Like if he starts to change some things about him, if he acknowledges that there is a problem, if he tries to to work on things, if he yeah, if he just shows signs that he wants to be better, if he wants to be a better player, if he wants to be a better person in this in this certain area, yep. uh no one would hold that against him. You know, like who's talking about the Deontay thing anymore? Like like not diving after a fumble. No one. Because he admitted to it, because he's played better, because he has shown effort, because he owned up to his mistake. Yep. You know, if if George Pickens did that, no one, we wouldn't be talking about this in in three weeks. You know, and and this would be a blip in the radar. But no, instead he's got to double down. He's got to insist that it's someone else, uh, someone else's fault. It's 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 never George's fault. It is always someone else's fault. And no, I just think the lack of accountability is what really makes people upset and what really you know, gets people riled up is just the, the lack of accountability and the lack of being able to say, I did make a mistake. And it like, and that's, it's just, this doesn't have to be a big thing is my, is my, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but we have to make it a big deal because someone won't, someone else won't admit like the guy who's at fault won't admit that, that this is a problem. That's my, that's my issue with the whole thing is I'm so, I woke up this morning and the first words out of my mouth were, I'm so tired of talking about George Pickens, man. I'm just, I'm just over it. It is like, it's just exhausting. It's, it feels like Antonio Brown. Like I've hit a point where like, I'm so tired of talking about Antonio Brown and I'm in the same boat with George Pickens. I'm just so tired about it. That being said, if somebody asked me today, chances are that he's around next season. I'd say at most, I'm going to give that a 25% chance. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers realized uh, I'd say earlier in the season, higher ups realized later in the season, even Mike Tomlin has realized that this team has a lot of issues and that they cannot sit in the same boat that they've been sitting in and they got to make changes. And it's not even about talent. A lot of it is about lack of effort and just not acknowledging issues such as George Pickens has done time and time again this season. I would say there's a very high possibility that he has traded this offseason. Let me ask you this. What are you getting for George Pickens? You... You look at a guy that second round pick, I mean, you know, you, you hate to, I think the Chase Claypool thing might've like put a damper on this stuff, but you could still use it 
as an example, you get a second round pick, basically a first round pick for Chase Claypool a year ago. George Pickens is 10 times the player that Chase Claypool is and has all the potential in the world to be a superstar wide receiver in the NFL. You're trading George Pickens this offseason. What are you getting for him? Oh, there's absolutely a team who thinks, oh, I can fix him. You know, like yes. the, the, someone, you know, n- not this guy specifically, not this team specifically, but like you don't think Bill Belichick is like, oh, I could definitely, I could fix oh, him. Like I could put a bunch of discipline into him and and we'll be all right. Like, so I, I think by that virtue, I think the Steelers can sell them, can sell on, oh, it's okay. Like he'll, we can fix this easily. Like someone can fix this easily. Yeah. He's just not right in this situation. I think you can absolutely get a first round pick for him. I, I think he's still kind of, holds that value as such a young guy in the league right now. I a hundred percent agree. I think that I think anything less than a first round pick is a bargain because this dude, it, it, like you, you look at like redrafts all over the place and he's like a top 15 pick. Like teams are going to, you're going to get somebody it's, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be like the Kansas city chiefs, which I don't think they're going to have a draft pick like high enough to, to actually make that deal work unless you're going to give up something more, but you're going to have a team like the chiefs, who are like, oh man, dude, we could, we could for one, you know, Andy Reid's thinking everything will just be totally fine here. And could you imagine George Pickens with Patrick Mahomes, which is a valid argument. I a hundred percent agree, but you'll also get a team like Carolina or Houston or somewhere where it's a very young quarterback, a team like, like, I mean, Chicago who might do it again. And I, that would be hilarious if they did it again with Pittsburgh, but you could, you're going to find a team with a young quarterback who are just like, all right, we got to put as much weapons around this guy as humanly possible, and they're going to be all in on this. And I think the Steelers, like, I think, I think trading George Pickens is the easiest move the Pittsburgh Steelers could make this offseason. And and what you can get for it, I think, I think it's higher than what we're saying. Like, I think at the end of the day, when it comes out and it's like two first round picks or a first, a second, and a third. I'd be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because I think I think it's like baseline without trying to overemphasize something or or just like make something ridiculous. A first round pick. I think it's more. I honestly do. Yeah, I I I, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like there's a, there is a combination of potential and, and youth there. Like, I think Dude, he's 22 first, years old, I think. Yeah. For as much as these problems, you know, we're talking about them, national media is talking about them to a certain extent, but I don't think like this is the kind of story that is blown up in a way that would severely affect his no, stock. Nobody in Chicago what, like, and Carolina even have right. any idea what's going on with George Pickens. They're just right. like, oh, look at that. Steelers are on the headlines again. Not us. Ha ha. Yeah. Cool. Right. Like they could care less, you know, and when it all is said and done, they already knew the issues. Like, you know, people get traded all the time with issues, you know, Antonio Brown at the end of his career went for a third round pick after just he just decided he wasn't showing up anymore like like people get traded for talent that's just what they do i think a first round pick easy and i think once people start calling it'll be very if it's not mike tomlin and i think it will be mike tomlin that says okay yeah let's make the move art rooney will be sitting there going yeah no it's time like it's you know i'm tired of this let's move on so i would say i would say there's at at most 25 percent chance george pickens is around next season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, let's wrap this up with some injuries. Kenny Pickett returns to practice yesterday. I got to say, just judging by uh, what I saw, judging by what we caught on video, doesn't look, you know, close to 100%. Looks like he's able to throw the football, which is good, but not a ton of uh, mobility there. Kind of looks like he's still, you know, very, very easing his way back into it. If I had to guess, he might be active on Saturday, but there's no chance he's actually going to start 
the Steelers will use him as an emergency option because at this point they'd put an injured, they'd put a one-legged Kenny Bickett in there before they put a, a Mitch Trubisky in there, hands down. Meanwhile, Pat Fryermuth and Broderick Jones both limited in practice yesterday. Pat Fryermuth dealing with a knee injury, Broderick Jones an ankle injury. Neither of them were mentioned by Mike Tomlin at the beginning of the week. How awful of a blow is this for the Pittsburgh Steelers who are already banged up to be going in there possibly without their tight end and their right tackle? I mean, it's completely brutal. I think, especially when you think about the quarterback situation. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what I was. I mean, I just I think Mason Rudolph is going to need as much help as he can get. Um, that's not a knock against Mason. That's just, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of a knock against Mason, but you know, just you got to acknowledge the reality of the situation. And they're going in with a guy who started as the third string quarterback at the beginning of the year. Like he's yep. going to want a, a real easy big target in the middle of the field. He's going to want his right tackle to, to I was going to say, block. he's going to want a right tackle out there. Right. So uh, this just, I, it feels like it puts Mason behind the eight ball. It feels like it puts the Steelers behind the eight ball. Uh, you know, I, the, the Broderick one, I don't know. It, it concerns me a little less. I just feel like this is maybe a little precautionary. Don't really know as much about, about Pat's situation and, and, you know, kind of what that means moving forward. But, um, you know, I just, it it just stinks for for Mason to have to like go into a game and be leading an offense that's completely undermanned for a team that who has really low morale and you know you're fighting for your playoff lives when you're already you know just it, it feels like you're already kind of down down a few points walking into this game because of all the guys that are going to be out this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I look at Bro- Broderick. He's young and ankle injury concerning definitely but just like i saw broderick in the locker room after practice like you know most times when you see a guy like joking and laughing around it's nothing like oh man this is devastating this is awful um i have i'm I'm, can't confirm anything but you know just just rumbles just what i've heard pats might be a little bit more something to monitor i'll leave it at that um I, I think it's I think the tight end thing's very concerning for exactly what you said. Mason wants everybody out there. You put Chooks out there, you're in a lot of trouble if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like that's just not what you that, want to do yeah, at this point. It doesn't in the matter who's at quarterback. That's no, that's yeah. At that point it's rough. Like things are not going really well. Um I think both of these are something to to monitor throughout the week. We'll see what happens. But huge losses for the Pittsburgh Steelers if both of them cannot go. Um, you know, again, we'll we'll probably know more by the end of today, but I would I would be concerned about both of these for the time being. And when it comes to Kenny, exciting that he's back, wouldn't get over excited thinking I wouldn't go to Christmas on uh, I guess Christmas is after the game. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't show up at your office Christmas party on Thursday night going, Kenny's playing, man. (laughs) Kenny's going to be out there. I just I would hold off those expectations until week 17. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, find all of our work at allsteelers.com and all of our pit coverage. It is National Letter of Intent Day, so make sure you check all that out at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.